So we're going to do something today that's going to be kind of an abbreviated teaching and then a saturation in um, a video that I think we're all going to really love. I, at least I love it, and I think you'll love it too. Um, it's relatively long, but it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a worship song that I know is a favorite of many of us. It's uh, Waymaker. You guys know Waymaker, right? And uh, it's by Elevation Band at a, um, a worship team at a festival. I think it's called Jesus 19, but it's a large venue, and we're going to be immersing ourselves in that. And I have some reasons for doing that. So I'm going to teach for about 15 minutes on worship and praise I love that. I've, ever since I became a Christian, I was really drawn to the process, the dynamics, the interaction between God and ourselves that take, takes place during praise and worship, and that's just a really fundamental and very, very important. So I want to share that a little bit, but I can't, I'm not going to give too much teaching on it because I want us to saturate in the anointing of this video that we will see. And I have a, again, I have reasons for it. I want you to see what I would consider to be kind of a, um, a, multi, a multi-dimensional worship experience. So we don't have, um, we do have musicians on the stage, uh, we have guitarists and, and, and instrument players and we have singers, but there's also more to it. There's a, a gigantic choir that you'll see, there is a dancer who is incredible, there was flagging and bannering, and it's really a full-throated, full, uh, full-orbed experience of worship, and I want us to soak in it today. So, all right. So this is about praise and worship. You can put that praise and worship, the what and the how. So I'm going to start with making an oversimplified distinction this morning. So if you ever thought about this, maybe you haven't, but I have thought about worship and praise. Praise and worship. So these are two different activities. These are two different processes that human beings engage in. And I don't know whether you really thought about it so much, but in the Bible, there is a distinction, I believe, between the two of them. And it's not teased out completely well. It's not really a, uh, a definitely clear theological distinction. But it's something that's helped me for a very long time and I want to share this with you. So just, just so that we can get it into our heads in a pretty simple and clear way, praise is speaking or singing about the excellencies of God, his nature, his deeds, his promises. Worship And I've started with praise, and I want you to see this kind of on a continuum. So we start with praise, and then I just want us to um, uh, understand that the way I I live this is then we move into worship. So we start with praise, which is about God, and we move into worship, which is speaking or singing directly to God. So those of you who know the history of the Vineyard Movement know that uh, in the the 1980s, John Wimber, who was credited to be the founder of the Vineyard, really kind of pioneered a new way, which isn't a brand new way, but it was new on the scene of Christian music at the time. Uh, He pioneered a way of worship called the first person love song. 
So those of you who may have been around during that time, remember songs like this. Jesus, Jesus, holy and anointed one, Jesus. So, Encore? <laughs> so, um, but a simple analysis of that song will tell you that is a worship song. Why? Because it is sung directly to our living God. It's between us person to him person. Um, so the vineyard pioneered this. And many of the contemporary worship songs are still created nowadays with the dynamic of God himself and then we speak not about him, but to him. You, you are Lord, you are king, you are awesome. We love you, Lord, and we lift our voice to worship you, oh my soul rejoice, right? So we are speaking to God. now. So I, I want to make this really clear, and I think, I think it can be demonstrated in Scripture, although, again, it's, not, it's a little fuzzy. If you look at praise and worship, the, the words are kind of interspersed a little bit throughout the Bible. Both praise and worship in the original languages of the Bible, in Hebrew and Greek, both refer to that which has great price or worth or value. So worship, English word, comes from an old English word meaning worthship. Worthship. And the word praise is an English word that again comes from a Latin word which is derived from, we're not really looking at original languages right here, but the word um, praise comes from the Latin word pretium which means price. So what we do when we praise and we worship is we are ascribing to the one of great price, the one of inestimable, inestimable value, all that we can give him in terms of adoration and gratitude and love so when we praise, we're singing about him, and when we worship, we're singing directly to him, okay? So if you have your Bibles, turn to 150, Psalm 150, please. The word psalm is a word, actually, that is best translated into English, praise, all right? So the psalms is a book of praises. So this is a beautiful praise psalm right here in Psalm 150. And it's got a progression to it. And let's just look at this real quick. So praise the Lord. So that's a command from scripture. So we are created to praise. I believe human beings are created to praise and worship. There's something in us that has to worship. And if we do not worship the true and living God, we'll worship something less. Many people worship themselves, called narcissists. 
They do. They worship their own self. And we have many other idols in our society, right? Power, wealth, status, sports acumen. There are lots of things we worship, but uh, we find our hearts content when we worship the living God. Now, worship to me is, and I'll give you a couple definitions in a second, is a, a flowing out of everything that's in my inner being to the one who possesses this wonderful worth. And of course, this is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is the supreme one. No other being in the universe has more worth and more value than himself. And so when I worship, I come out of myself. I, I, I flow out of myself. And see, we need to, human beings are made to come out of themselves. I mean, that's why people do drugs. They're not happy with themselves. They want to get out of themselves. And so they, they take something that brings them out of themselves and puts them into some weird place. Because they're happier there than they are with themselves, right? So we, we have a need to give ourselves away. And if we don't give ourselves away to the right being, we'll give ourselves away to the wrong being. You know, it's interesting in, um, let's see, in Revelation 22.9, we'll, we'll, we'll hit Psalm 150 in a second. In Revelation 22.9, the scripture says, or the, the, it's recorded where John, who's receiving this great revelation from the Lord on the Isle of Patmos, is finished receiving the revelation, and John makes the mistake of bowing down and worshiping the angel which has delivered the word. And the angel says, no, do not worship me. Worship God. Two words, worship God. Probably the highest, deepest, most meaningful statement of what we can do with our lives, worship God. So in this case, John, John, he was with Jesus, right? He was with Jesus for three years and then he's been with him, you know, walking and preaching and founding churches and all that stuff for decades. And yet he makes the mistake of worshiping the angel. The angel rebukes him and says, worship God. We also have in Revelation an example of people who worshiped the beast. They worshiped the beast and the scripture says, they worship the beast because of his great power. And we human beings have a tendency, if we don't worship the true and living God, we'll look at human beings that we consider to have great power and we will worship them. Now, I'm not saying people in this room are gonna do that, but there are those who do. Um, the British have long criticized Americans for not having a royal house because they say that um, people need to praise and worship others. And if you don't have a king and you don't have a queen, you say there's something deficient, but of course that's misplaced. What's misplaced is praising and worshiping the living God. All right, so 
Real quick, Psalm 150. Let's read this together. Praise the Lord is the command. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty expanse. So there's the where to praise God. Okay? Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. So here is listed the reason to praise God. For his excellencies. For him doing all things well. For the perfections of his nature. For the beauty of him. For the power of him. For the goodness of him. The compassion of him. All of these wonderful things about God. These are the things that we speak about when we praise him. And it's a function of praise. So then the scripture goes on and says how to praise the Lord. With the trumpet sound. With the harp and the lyre. With timbrel and dancing, with stringed instruments and pipe. I don't think it means this kind of pipe. That's some other kind of pipe. Praise him with loud cymbals, resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. All right. Now, in the interest of time, I'm going to go quickly. Because I really want you to get this. I really want, I really want our church. Our church, I believe, is a really um, excellent <laughs> praising and worshiping church. But I want us to even get it more. I even want us to enter in more because praise and worship, worship particularly, worship is connection with the living God. It's beholding the living God, who he is. It's like Isaiah says, I see the Lord and he is high and lifted up in his train, his, his clothing, his garments fill the temple. So in seeing the Lord, then, we see him, we, we know him, we love him, and our whole being goes out to him. And there's connection there. See, what's the primary function of worship? It's connection. What flows in worship? What flows in worship? Everything that's in God flows into us when we worship the Lord. And that's why it's so important to understand this vital human function of worship. Again, we'll worship something. Human beings are made to worship. We will worship something, and let's worship the object of, of our worship that is worthy, that is truly worthy. Because what we worship, we will become like. If you worship money, you will become like all that is con contained within the money issue. If you worship power, we could go on, but what you worship, what you behold, what you give yourself to, you will become like, because there's transaction in the spiritual world. Whatever you give yourself to, those of you who've had drug backgrounds, you guys know, yeah, <laughs> That woman right there, yeah. No. Those of you who have had drug backgrounds know that you can get into a place in a spiritual dimension, not a heavenly dimension, but a spiritual dimension when you can make contact with demonic beings through a drug experience. And the nature of the demonic being will flow into you. It's important what we listen to. It's important what we gaze at. It's important what we read. Because what we give ourselves to will be given back to us. All right. Worship is an attitude of heart. 
a reaching toward God, a pouring out of our total self to God, it should be in thanksgiving, adoration, and love. It's a total self-giving to God. You know, a, a worshiper, a worshiper, why do, why do worshipers lift their hands? They're, they're giving away their beings unto the Lord. So it's a gesture not only of surrender, that's, that's an appropriate response to the Almighty God, to surrender to this good being who loves us and has a wonderful will for our lives. But it's also just a, a giving, a, just a giving away of yourself. Worship is breaking into the Shekinah. The word Shekinah is a Hebrew word that means revealed glory. So you know, God dwells in unapproachable light. And when some of that heavenly light breaks into the material realm, then it is a manifestation of the Shekinah glory of God, that internal light and power and energy and virtue of God literally breaks into the natural world. And when that happens, that's called the Shekinah glory coming. Worship is breaking into the Shekinah revealed glory of God, or better yet, being invaded by the Shekinah glory of God. I don't know whether you guys have been, I think a lot of you have been in rooms where we're worshiping the Lord and all of a sudden, difficult to identify the exact catalyst that produces this, but all of a sudden, suddenly something shifts in the atmosphere. And, and all of a sudden, the room atmosphere itself changes. I've been in situations like that. It, it appears like there's a new light in the room. There's a, there's a different, the sound itself takes on a different quality. What's happening? The God who dwells in unapproachable light is breaking into the realm of material reality. And his light is interpenetrating the natural elements of our world. I believe that's what Moses experienced with the burning bush. There was something happening there. There, there, was, there was not natural fire that was burning the bush. That was heavenly fire. The bush wasn't consumed. So there was the fire of God, the same fire of God that rested on the, the heads of those in the upper room, the 120. The heavenly fire of God. And the manifestation of that into the earth realm is what? Worship can produce, because worship is connection. Worship produces connection. And so when you're connected to the living God, remember, what you give yourself to will be given back to you. So what you give yourself to in worship, the Holy Spirit of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God, and in the Spirit of God, there are gifts which then flow back into the gathering of the people who are worshiping him, right? So there's, a, there's actually a progression to praise and worship. You start with praise. The scripture says that the, the people who praise God actually build a habitation for the Lord to come and be among us. And so there's a kind of an, a, a spiritual altar, in a sense, built through praise. So we give ourselves to praise. It clears out the atmosphere. 
And there's, a, there's, a, there's an opportunity for God, God to come in power. And then when we worship, we connect our inner beings with him. And then his nature flows to us in anointing, in healing, in deliverance, in his still small voice speaking to us. That's why worship is so important. It accesses the very reality of, of God in in his heavenly realm. Worship is the outpouring or the overflow of the whole being. Spirit, soul, and body under the sense of divine favor in the presence of the Lord. Now I want to give you one more slide here. These are seven Hebrew words that give us word pictures of how how to praise and worship according to the biblical pattern. And Jeffrey, I'm going to ask you to pronounce those Hebrew words. What's the first one? Barak. All right. Now, these are all Old Testament word pictures of how the people of God are to praise and worship him. Now, why is this important? I believe that the Lord has given to us a pattern in the scripture. Is it a legalistic law? No. But it is a way, I believe, that the Lord knows that he can facilitate praise and worship in us if we Respond to him in, in this way. So, Barak, to kneel or bow down. To kneel or bow down. There's more I could say about this in the, in the Greek um, New, New Testament meaning of worship, but, um, well, I, I'll say it. The, <laughs> the, the word for worship in the New Testament is literally to bow down, lean forward, and kiss there's actually kissing. So in, in ancient times, well, it's still done, I think. You kiss the hand of the, of the superior, right? So that is the heart, the worship is to lean forward, get low, and to kiss the hand of God. Halal, right? To shine, to celebrate, to be clamorously and boisterously joyful. We got some boisterously joyful people in this room. I love it, by the way. I don't want you guys to be be quiet, please. I mean, unless the Lord is on you to be quiet. But but if you feel led to be boisterously joyful, do it. (laughs) All right. Shabbat. Thank you. To shout out loudly. Amen. <laughs> okay. We're going to do one, two, three, Jesus is Lord, okay? We're going to shout out loudly. Now listen. Shouting out loudly does not mean shouting out softly. I know my Bible language. <laughs> shout out loudly. Jesus is Lord, one, two, three. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord! All right. That is a Shabbat. Tehillah. By the way, the book of Psalms is the book of Tehillah. To sing praises, to sing with one's spirit spontaneously. So listen, this church loves to praise God in music, don't we? We love to worship God in music. And we love a variety of musical forms, don't we? 
So it is a good thing. It is okay. Not everybody has to do this. But there are some of us who love to sing just spontaneously in the presence of the Lord. We don't know what words are going to come out next. We don't know quite. Well, hopefully we, we stay within the melody, you know. But, but it's okay. This is all part of it. Tahila. To sing with one's spirit spontaneously. Let's go on. Tauda, to extend or raise the hands in thanksgiving for what has been done or will be done. One, two, three, raise your hands. One, two, three. You have just engaged in tauda. All right. Yada. Extending the hands vigorously in complete surrender. Oh. What's a vigorous extending of the hands? (laughs) Vigorous extending of the hands. All right, complete surrender. And zamar, to touch the strings to make music with instruments. So that's praise and worship by the musicians, obviously. So there are just a variety of ways in which the people of God learned and were taught by the Lord and, 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 and responded to the Lord's presence and praised and worshiped him, wholehearted, fully expressive. Some of you guys, I noticed, some of you guys are down on the floor. You know, when I was first a believer, I always thought that was made up. I thought that stuff was just like hype and religious stuff. Then I got religious. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, then, then, then I just got deeper in God. I thought the same thing about falling under the power. I thought that was all faked until I fell under the power. <laughs> and then you know. All right. So now we're going to watch a video. And um, it's a long one, so we may not watch it to the end because what I would like to do is have one worship song to close us out after we watch the video. Okay? So here we go. So let's put the video up here.